0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the goddamn podcast. This is your host, Mark Joseph Bennett, coming to you from the Toyota Prius recording studio. It was almost the Tesla recording studio. Well, not yet. You have to actually, if you want to pre-order one of these Teslas, you got to get on it right now. You know, not one of the Model S's or the ones where all the rich fucking fuckers can afford it. But for us normal people... And you know, there's a Tesla now that's coming out as like 35 grand American or something like that. Maybe even a little, little bit less. I don't know. But it's possible. It's possible for the likes of me to be driving a Tesla. So I'm like, let me, let, me, let me get on that shit. And I look and they say, you can order a Tesla now and expect delivery in 12 to 18 months. I'm like, okay, fine. Fine, I will. I'll sign up without having test driven the car or any like. That's the thing, right? You have no idea if you'll even like the car. But I was still willing to do it because who gives a fuck? What do I? What do I know about cars? As if as if I'm going to drive me like? Oh, I don't like the fuel injection. Oh, these pistons, these pistons are clearly less piston-y than I was hoping for. The drive shaft, is that a thing? Well, I don't like it. I don't like it on this Tesla, so who gives a shit? I'm like, fucking give it to me, give me the goddamn Tesla, you know. And this, this is not to disparage the Prius. We've been driving this fucking thing for uh, I don't what seven years now. No shame in that. We're over a, well over hundred thousand kilometers, well over it, and it's been it's been great we got nothing but praise for the old Prius. And what a recording studio. I mean the acoustics in here, guys. Fucking bang on. It's like the Glenn Gould studio in here. This, this is where the classical pianist should be. In the Prius. Might be tough to get the grand piano in here. But it's got a hatchback. You know, maybe we could jimmy it in. So anyway, the Tesla, me and the wife, we go, Hey, we're uppity snobs. We think we're better than everybody else. We should order a Tesla too. Like all the other elitists out there. And the only way you can drive the fucking thing is with your iPhone. And I think that's actually true. I had, I saw a review on it and it's, it's like you have to use their touch screen for everything. It's that I, I don't know. I don't even know if I'll like Fuck it though. We're, we're still we were still willing to get it, but what what a problem a problem comes in when you have an electric car you see is that you need to plug in an electric car you know you can't just just uh leave it there in the parking garage of your apartment building, so we have no plugs in this goddamn parking garage now, as some of you have heard me complain about, our building is under fucking construction all the God damn time. And right now they're doing a full year on this fucking parking garage. And yes, I'm swearing a little more than usual, but I'm, I'm ordinary guys. I'm on edge. So the parking garage is supposed to take a year to complete. We are month one and it is unlivable. Me and the baby have to leave the apartment all fucking day, which is probably good for my bones. I got the bad bones. You guys know that. The old osteoporosis due to hereditary incest rickets, even though I'm pretty sure it's not that. Anyway, we're going to wait to see the results. I've been seeing a geneticist. Listen, guys, let's get back to the matter at hand. The plugs. All right. So you would figure this big, fancy apartment building in Toronto, if they're redoing their garage, they're forward thinkers, right? They're going to put some plugs in. They know a lot of people are going to want the plug-in cars. And I asked the superintendent, and he's like, no, no plugs. I'm like, are yeah, you fucking kidding? What do you mean no plugs? My dream, my dream of a Tesla, gone, vanished. And they don't give a shit. Like, you, here is your one chance. You're, you, do, you do a redo a parking garage, what, every 15 years? And now you're just, we're in, the, we're in like downtown Toronto. This, these are the people. Who buy those fucking cars? Anyway, I'm thinking they're making a huge mistake. I should write the management company and tell them about it. But I'm uh, I'm pretty lazy. So hopefully they'll hear this podcast. So you guys from the management company of my building, um, get some plugs in the fucking garage. All right? So I can have the Tesla recording studio. I wonder what that'd be like. I could probably just publish live. From the computer on the car. Maybe everybody could tune in. Like, uh, we'll do it, like, Sundays at 8. A live podcast from the Tesla. Thing is, though, they don't really go far enough for me. You know, like, I live in Canada. I'm not... Nothing is close in Canada. So it's like, oh, yeah, but you can drive, like, three and a half hours. I'm like, that doesn't get you fucking anywhere. It honestly doesn't even get you to the next major city. So, like, if I do, I have family in Ottawa. That is four and a half hours away. Tesla won't make it. So that means you got to stop and then look for a charging station. And there's, like, what, five in Canada, these fucking charging stations? So you'll have to plug in. You'll have to go sit down. You know what? One of those goddamn rest stops that don't serve vegetarian food. Because, yeah, the types of people who drive Teslas are also vegetarians. God, I'm the worst. You hear me? You know what, though? I'm a little sick of I'm a little sick of this in life. You just, you're trying to make the right decisions, and everybody just calls you a fucking asshole. You know, like, say, so yeah, like, I'd like to have a car that's good for the environment. Go fuck yourself. You know, I don't think we should kill animals, and it'd probably be better for the planet. Go fuck yourself. Okay, but... I'm not saying you have to do it. I'm just, can I do it? No, you can't do it. Because if you do it, then I might think about doing it and I don't want to change. Well, you don't have to change. People get mad, man. People get mad. They're worried about, I think they're worried about being judged. But I mean, I, anybody I know who doesn't eat meat is not not trying to judge people. They're just literally thinking... I would like to do this so I won't die and, uh, you know, and I like animals and I like the environment. That's usually the case. I guess you have the preachy guys. Who are those fucking people, though? Who are they? If I see one, I tell you what, meat eaters, if I see a preachy vegan or vegetarian, I'm going to punch them in the face because they're giving all of us a bad name. And maybe right now you're saying, Mark, you are a preachy vegetarian. You're talking about it on your podcast. I'm just talking about it. You don't have to do it. Tell you what, you go eat go eat double chicken wings for me. All right? I miss the glaze of the chicken wings. I do. And you know Mary Brown's, Mary Brown's fried chicken. I also miss that. Red meat is really going away. I'm really not having much of a craving for red meat ever. Occasionally you'll think about a steak occasionally or maybe like a greasy burger, like a McDonald's burger or uh, Burger King, something like that. Sometimes I'll think about that, but not very often. Now, Mary Brown's Fried Chicken, motherfuckers, every day. Oh, I think about it every day. Did you ever see that Mike Myers' So I Married an Axe Murderer when he's playing the old um, Scottish guy? He's playing his own dad in the movie, which is really funny. It's a good movie. You should watch it if you haven't watched it. And uh, he's talking about KFC. At the time, it was Kentucky Fried Chicken. And he was like, the colonel puts a puts a drug in his chicken that makes you crave it nightly. He makes you crave it. And that, that is, that's what Mary Brown's is like. It's way better than KFC. So if you're addicted to KFC, oh, Jesus Christ. Listen, for you people in the United States listening to this, or Singapore, or, or, or uh, Latvia, I don't know where you're listening to this, but if you're ever in the east coast of Canada, you go to a Mary Brown's, a Mary Brown's fried chicken. I shouldn't say this. I forgot that I, uh, I'm a vegetarian. Listen, if you're not a vegetarian, go there. Do yourselves a favor. But I, should, I still shouldn't be promoted. It's one thing to not, to not preach about, say, vegetarian or veganism, and it's another thing to actively encourage people to go eat meat. I think I'm doing it wrong. I think I'm, I'm doing this wrong. Anyway, I don't remember how we got here. Guys, I think it had something to do with a Tesla, but let's just, let's just move forward and let's talk about Costco. That's right, everybody. Costco. Hey, really? The guy with the baby is going to talk about Costco? Listen, it's not what you think. It's not what you think. Costco. I don't know. I don't think I said this on any of the podcasts. I recorded a podcast a few weeks ago and then I axed it. I didn't use the podcast I got interrupted. I don't know what happened. So I said some stuff on that podcast that I forgot to say on a real podcast, one that was, you know, put up there. And what it was was that my bones, there may be some light at the end of this hollow bone tunnel. As longtime listeners of the podcast know, uh, my bones are disintegrating. At, a, at an alarming rate <laughs> i think i think disintegrating at any rate is alarming is it not so what i need is uh, phosphorus i need that that's what's happening i am leaking phosphorus so i need a phosphorus supplement do you know who does phosphorus supplements nobody it's not a thing anybody ever needs it's just a, it's an electrolyte that is in every single food you eat. So no one ever needs a phosphorus supplement except people like me. And there aren't many of us. So uh, no one makes it. Couldn't order the fucking thing in. So only one company makes it in the world, as far as I can see. And it's a Canadian company. And um, they're little effervescent tablets. And you can't get them. You just I asked every drugstore, every pharmacy. The hospital... The fucking hospital that told me that I have this ridiculous disease, they said, sorry, though, we can't help you. We'll tell you what you got, but we can't get the. There's not even like it's an over the counter thing. It's it's like having a calcium tablet, but it's phosphorus and you can't get them anywhere. Oh, but you can. Enter Costco. Enter the hero of the day, the big box store ruining the world, Costco. See, this is the thing, guys. Globalization. You know, listen. I'm one of those guys. I'm I'm uh, mostly vegan right now, vegetarian because I got a baby and the uh, you know, big ba- baby's getting some milk, getting some eggs and stuff. I'm eating some eggs, so i gonna. I'm I'm not gonna pretend. I'm going full vegan right now. I was vegan for a couple years. Now I'm vegetarian while the baby's. You know getting his bearings and i may go back to vegan and i i want to i want to get a a tesla you know so obviously i sound like the type of person who would be like yeah globalization ruining all the mom and pop stores you know boo to to the capitalist greed and the the corporations the their corporationy towers that's how you would think I would be. And it is sort of how I feel like I should be, but I'm not. No, sir, I am not. Because Costco is saving my life. All right? For real. Like, the entity known as Costco is, they have my pills. I just, I, I called them, and actually my wife called them. She, she was calling around all the places, because she's like, hey, hi, my name is Sarah Bennett. My husband is dying. Could you give him some pills? No? Okay, I'll just next next pharmacy, I guess. So she was just calling everybody to ask, you know, do is there any way we can get, so she calls Costco. And they were like, yeah, uh, we can get him on Tuesday. And she was like, um, what? They were like, get them on Tuesday. She was, are you sure? Because there's a There's like a nationwide shortage of phosphorus pills and no pharmacies carry them or can order them in. Costco was like, yeah, we got them. How many you need? And so I show up and I say, I need 10. And that's 10 bottles. Okay, so that's 200 pills. And I was previously looking for one bottle. But when they said we we can get as many as you want, I'm like, "Yeah, give me 10. It was like four hundred dollars. Worth of pills. And um, they were like, yeah, well, yeah, we'll hit them in on Tuesday. And I show up on Tuesday waiting, of course, to hear, ooh, yeah, we were wrong about that. You can't get them anywhere. And they just handed me a satchel of pills. They were like, here you go. I'm like, Costco. I love you. And I hate Costco. Like, I just, I hate the notion of it. I hate, I hate going there. I hate seeing the animals who are there. Have you seen the people in who shop at Costco? My God, and yes, my whole family shops at Costco. I'm throwing them under the bus, too. And look, I know most of you out there shop at Costco. And you probably should. If you Listen, if you own a house, I can't see why you wouldn't shop at Costco. You can buy 10 gallons of mayonnaise and then just put it down in your basement pantry or wherever the fuck you keep shit. Or you probably have a deep freeze or two. You know, but I live in an apartment in Toronto that has a parking garage with no fucking plugs. And this place, it just, there's no space. We barely have enough room for the baby. We just stick the baby in the corner and be like, that's your corner, baby. And this is my corner over here. And this is your mother's corner over here. And we have a fourth corner for guests. Everyone stick to their corner. That's all we have. So you can't go to Costco. You know, there's just no point. So this was the first time I've stepped foot in a Costco in Toronto. And it was unpleasant. It was very unpleasant. People seem frantic in there, and I I can understand it. I actually tried to just do tunnel vision, you know, just uh, put blinders on. Just go straight to the pharmacy because there's so much shit and it's overwhelming. It's like, oh, 60-inch flat screen TV, it's on sale. Oh, I should do, maybe I should get that. It's like, oh. Eh. No. Like I saw diapers. There was these huge packs of diapers. We just ran out of diapers. And there they were on sale. And I should have gotten them because fucking Amazon didn't deliver the goddamn diapers, even though they said they were gonna. That's another big corporation that I'm a fan of, though, is Amazon. I love I love being look. You're going to ship stuff to my door, almost anything in the world that I want, usually in the same day, same day delivery. I can think of some crazy shit I want. You know, hey, you know what the cat needs is a sweater. Boom. Right there. In my fucking apartment. I stick it in the corner with the baby because he takes up less room. He's got more room in his corner. And Costco just gives me the pills. And so now, like, people are like, oh, you know these you gotta support your local businesses. Well, your local businesses aren't saving my life. All right? They're the little local pharmacy I go to, and we like to go there, we like to support them. Previously, to the one time I desperately need them. And they're like, Yeah, nothing we can do about that. Now, granted, I will say this that that local pharmacy, um, he did, in fact, the guy who runs it, he phoned the one company that makes them in Canada, and they sent him two bottles as a special favor because he knew the guy. He knew the rep at the company. And I said to him, well, that's great. Can can you order more? He's like, I don't know. I don't think so. But, like, he got to hand it to him. He really put in a good effort. But if you guys can't get them, you know where I'm going, guys. Oh, globalization. You know, that's the thing sometimes. I, I'm sort of right, I'm writing a movie about this. And by writing a movie, I mean for the last five years I've been writing a movie about this. I'm not very fast with the writing. But it's good. I think it's good. And uh, it's a little bit about this. It's about globalization. Ne- sometimes... Good comes of it. Of course, sometimes bad comes of it. But progress, I don't know. You know, maybe it's bad. Maybe the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer and there's no middle class anymore. And maybe this is all a direct result of of giant companies coming in and and doing things overseas and abusing workers over there that don't have as many humanitarian rights. Humanitarian rights? I don't think that's the way to say it. They don't have as many human rights. Human rights. But at the same time, if they're giving me the pills that make me live longer, you know, if they're pushing science forward, let's say, you know, maybe Costco's on the horn going, we need more phosphorus pills. We don't give a shit if there's not a big demand for them. Make them. Although I did consider, I did consider after a while, because I was big on Costco, running around praising them to everyone. And then I thought for a minute, what if it's an exclusivity deal? What if Costco has worked it so they're the only phosphorus supplier they've worked it out with the Jamp company that's the name of the pharmaceutical company that makes my shit and maybe they don't allow all these mom-and pop pharmacies to order it and then oh, then it's doubly bad then it makes it seem like they're the hero but they're really they're the villain. It's like my movie, guys. The layers. Anyway, the bottom line is, I have phosphorus pills now. And I've been taking two a day and they've been giving me diarrhea. Because that is a side effect. I was warned about it. And it is happening. But it's not not like that much more diarrhea than usual. I'm a comedian who is an anxious person in general. I have diarrhea like 10 times a week. Now, I am getting less anxious as I get older, but I am getting more exhausted because I have a baby. Let me, let me just say, if the single mothers out there or single fathers, whoever is home with a baby and doesn't have help with that baby, how in the fuck do you do it? Jesus Christ, slow clap for you people. Because... I tell you, like, you know, I'm with the baby from 830 in the morning until 530. And it's like Armageddon in our apartment. You can't wash a dish. You can't take a piss. You Today, I didn't even get to take my phosphorus pill. I took my second phosphorus pill at 730 in the evening because I didn't have time to drop a pill into a glass of water. You just there's nothing you can do. Every little thing makes me want to quit life. Like I can handle, I can handle me and the baby if we have our regular routine. But you throw a monkey wrench into that. Like our building and their fucking construction, they want to do some work under our sink. So they say, ah, we're going to come in and you got to clear out some pots and pans under the sink for us when we come in. They just told us they're going to do this. They didn't ask. They say on Wednesday. We're coming in. Clear out the pots and pans. We got to do something under your sink. And I'm like, all right, fuck it. I give up. I'm going to Mexico. I'm getting a passport. I'm just, that that that's it. I'm starting a new life. Like, the littlest monkey wrench, and I can't handle it. The wife. God love her. God love her. The wife. She wants to do things. You know, and I can't, I just... She wants to go to fucking Argentina. Argentina to see one of her friends. One of her friends was a baby who Sam's exact age. So it sounds like, oh, that's nice. Sarah grew up with this woman. This woman and Sarah were friends when they were babies and they're still best friends. So, of course, she wants her daughter to meet Sam and maybe they'll become best friends. And they'll stay best friends forever. But a boy and a girl, I doubt it. I doubt it. They don't usually stay best friends, you know. Even if it doesn't get weird with the "I like you" and you don't like me, even if that doesn't happen, then uh, you know they just you lose interest, you know. And you don't. Most people don't have, from from my experience, they don't have childhood best friends of the opposite sex when they're adults. You know what I mean? I have some high school friends. Who are still friends of mine. Of the opposite sex. But that's fucking high school guys. Come on that wasn't when we were two. Anyway Argentina. I mean Jesus Christ. It's like 15 hours. It's like 15 hours to get there. And a fucking tube in the sky. Which I never like. I don't like flying. I don't like much of anything. But that. She is proposed going in November or February, and either way, it has ruined my life. It's ruined it. I wake up in the morning, oh, God damn it, we got to get ready for Argentina. All right, what do we need? We're going to need diapers. We're going to need a crib. Okay, I got to pack a suitcase. What are we going to do on a flight with a baby for 15 hours? He's just, he's going to explode. Everyone's going to hate us on the flight, and rightfully so. We got a screaming baby. You know, I'm going to hate us. I'm going to hate me and hate my life. And to go over and stay with people I don't really know. You know, some man and his wife and their child. Where are we going to stay? What are we going to do? And what are we going to do there for 10 days? These are the things that I can no longer handle. I wasn't good at them when I was a single person. And then when I was married, I actually that stuff got a little bit better. The idea of traveling Didn't didn't bother me that much because I got the wife there and we'll just, you know, oh, hey, this is Jamaica. This is nice. It's nice and sunny. Let's go home. But with the baby fucking like I it's everything I can do just to get through the day. And you're just going to you're just going to throw in a 15 hour flight each way. And then hanging out in Argentina where the Zika virus is running rampant. And I know he's born, so he probably can't have a small head at this point, but you don't know. What if he gets bitten by a fly and his head stops growing? You know, and then she says, God love her, the wife, God lover. Then she says, but we have to decide if we want to have a second child now because of the Zika virus. Because if there's any possibility I can get pregnant or am pregnant when we're there, then of course they can have that microencephaly or whatever the fuck it's called. And I'm like, don't lump that on me too. I'm just trying to just occasionally take a piss, wash a plate, take care of a baby, fall asleep, and get up and do it all over again. And now you want me to take a 10-day trip for a 15-hour flight, With this fucking monster of a baby. And on top of it, you want me to decide if I should have another child. And I've made that decision. That decision is, no, I do not. I do not want another child. Not that this one is a bad one. I love him, guys. That may come as a surprise to you. But he's just the, the best. He's the fucking best. Now, if you... If you were to give me two Sams, I, of course, I'm not sending one back, you know, and maybe this next baby will be amazing as well, but we don't have that baby yet, so I don't have to think about, like, of course, I can't see my life without Sam, but I can see my life without this other baby because we don't have him, have him or her, so I'm going to keep it that way. It's, I'm at my wits end. I don't know. You know how people do it. I do know how people do it. I was thinking about it. They they work 9 to 5, and then they send their babies to daycare. And uh, that would be easier. Because, you know, you might be able to make a peanut butter sandwich in the middle of the afternoon. Or your place wouldn't be covered in spaghetti. But we aren't doing that me being a comedian staying at home and just taking care of the kid and it's uh it's it's difficult it's rewarding oh god it's the most rewarding thing in the world but it's difficult and i am trying to keep afloat my fucking career you know i it's which which i am doing Currently, I'm not really turning down a lot of shows. Sarah takes a time off work if I need to go out of town. I'm, uh, I'm not booking many weeks away, but, but I'm keeping it afloat. But, I, you know, I can't do this forever. And if we have another kid, the idea of doing it again, I mean, I don't know. And how do you take two fucking kids to Argentina? How do you do that? Impossible. No one has ever flown from Canada to Argentina with two children. How could they? But of course, I want to keep my career going. You know what else I want to do is try to lose this gelatinous gut that has formed over the last two to three years. So I want to go to the gym, but I can't. And, you know, I want to do more with my career. But, you know, I want to do so many things. You know, I was thinking about the zombie apocalypse. And it's just that if shit went down, it doesn't have to be the zombie apocalypse, it could be fucking the Kim Jong-un nuclear missiles that I don't know. I don't know about that. I tell you what, it seems awfully alarmist. I feel like they want, they just want to go in there. Like my friend Daryl Purvis, hilarious comedian, pointed out that uh, he thinks that Trump thinks it's a good idea to use a nuclear weapon and it'll increase his popularity. So he figures everyone hates North Korea. So let's pretend they're a giant threat right now. And maybe Daryl's got a point that may be right. It just, it seems, I don't know, it's escalating so quickly. And who knows? Maybe that's, maybe this is the thing. There's a Cuban Missile Crisis, apparently that was real. That almost, the world almost ended a bunch of times. When fucking Castro was thinking, I, okay, I got the finger on the button, do I do it? Do I do it? Do I do it? And Kennedy was like, do I do it? Apparently, the world almost ended. So, I, you know, stranger things have happened that uh, then Kim Jong-un potentially having deadly weapons, I'm sure it's possible. And maybe he'll fire them. And I was thinking, and then what? Like, like I can't live in the post-apocalyptic world I can't, you know, hunt for food. I can't uh, build shelter. I don't know how anything works. I don't know how anything works. I'm not in shape. You know, my bones are falling apart. I can't fly a, a plane or a helicopter. Like, so many people, like these doomsday preppers, you know, they're just... They've, they they know how to fly helicopters, and then they buy, like, a helicopter so that they can just, you know, get up and leave a natural disaster and leave the world. They, they have all these guns. They know how to shoot them. They know how to survive in the woods. And you know what? That appeals to me. It all appeals to me because I want to do everything. I want to do everything in life. I'd like to live, like, 10,000 years. I want to be able to do everything. But here's the thing. I want to do it in theory, but in practice, I never do anything. I don't want to do shit. Like, I don't want to go into the woods and learn how to hunt. I don't want to learn how to build a cabin. I don't want to fly a helicopter. I don't want to do any of these things. So what I've decided, instead of preparing for the inevitable end of our world, which may happen in two to three weeks, fuck it. If it happens, I'm just going down with the ship. Me and the Toyota Prius, we're just going to drive into the ocean. Because who cares? I'm not going to survive. And you know what? Let's make peace with that. Why am Why am I always thinking, oh, yeah, but what if stuff goes down? What will I do? How would How would I fend for myself and my family? I won't. We'll be amongst the victims. We will die. We will die because... I am not The Rock. I am not Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I am not going to... Uh, that's my assumption, anyway, If that the world ends, that uh, the types of people who will survive are people like, like The Rock. It makes sense to me. But you know what? In all honesty, it's probably a pile of uh, racist white guys who are living in the woods afraid of the government. They are probably the ones who are going to survive. And do you want to live in that world? Really? When you think about it, if those are the only people who are going to make it and then you make it, those are all the people left. That's that's no good. Who wants to spend time with them? There's only so much time in a day. You can't focus on the impending apocalypse and trying to prepare for it. You can't even focus on becoming somebody who is in amazing shape. I'm forty. Well, I'm almost forty, and I have never been in amazing shape. I'm not turning into a bodybuilder. That's not going to happen. So stop wasting your time. To, you know, work out a little bit. Try to stay alive. Maybe get rid of that gut. That is a uh, huge red flag for a heart attack. They say that, by the way, that if you um, if you are a skinny guy who has a gut, then that's a that's a real bad sign for your heart. So. Obviously, I should try to get rid of that. Hey, you know what? One of my aunts, she was uh, passing around on Facebook. Isn't it great how Facebook is now your aunts? Your aunts and uncles are on Facebook. The kids aren't on it anymore. I'm getting all these fucking forwards and messages from, from like 70-year-old ladies. Anyway, this one was interesting. Uh, my Aunt Mary, she sent a thing about um, if you are alone and you're dying of a heart attack uh, you can save yourself. Well, you can give yourself by yourself some time. You, apparently, you only have a few seconds before you lose consciousness when you start having a heart attack. And if there's no one around to help you, you're fucked. You know, you can't, can't drag yourself to the hospital if you're unconscious. So what you start doing is you start coughing really hard. You take, uh, deep breaths. And you cough as hard as you can. And you keep doing that, apparently, until the paramedics show up. Because the breaths in is, you know, breath. And then the coughing, when you cough really hard, like you're trying to get phlegm up, apparently, they're saying. When you cough really hard, it constricts your heart. So, like, it's like it's pumping your heart for you, the coughing. Because your heart is probably not working because you're having a heart attack. That's pretty interesting. I don't know why the email specified when you're alone. It's like, to me, it, almost, it was almost like this Facebook thread was making lonely people feel more lonely. Hey, if you're alone and you're dying of a heart attack, you can save yourself, you loser. Like, that's, just, that's how it read to me. Because, you know what, I'd say most of the time you're alone if you're having a heart attack. Right? I mean, not, you're not always around people. Look at me. I'm in the the recording studio right now. I could be having a heart attack. Let me tell you something. I'm going to cough the shit out of this place. Probably break a few ribs because I got the osteoporosis. But I'll stay alive. I don't even know. I shouldn't have probably said that because I don't even know if that's true. I just read a Facebook thread out to you people as if it was facts that will save your life. So anyway, look it up. Verify it. I should too. I won't verify. Guys, there's not enough time to do everything in the day. You gotta focus. You know? You gotta focus. This is this is my goal for my son. I feel like I was a capable person when I was young. I felt like a lot like a lot of my mom used to say, you could be anything you want. You could be a doctor, you could be a lawyer. And like I it it felt that way when I was young. I did pretty well in school. I had a lot of opportunity. I grew up in a nice environment. You know, it did feel like you know, the world was my oyster. I had a lot of potential. But I didn't do anything. Yes, I'm a comedian. But that's not a real thing. You know, that's that's a bullshit job. You stand up and you say things and people laugh and then you go home. That's not a s it's not a skill. It's just it's an attribute. Sort of, you know? Yeah, you have to work you have to work at it, but it's not like I'm not like an engineer. I don't know how to build bridges or or like a doctor. I don't know how to, to cut people open or a lawyer, how to read legal documents. Like these people have tangible skills. I am arguably, and I say arguably, funnier than your average person. And that's just kind of, kind of just how I always was. Now, see, right there, I went off on a pile of tangents when I was talking about the need to focus. You see? See why I became a comic? It is my goal for my son, Mr. Samuel L. Jackson Bennett, that he has his father's interest in life. Because I'm interested in shit. I love, like I said, that those doomsday people, like I said, at, at the core, I want to know how to survive in the woods and i and i also i want to know so much shit but that is it's been a problem it's been a problem i haven't been able to focus even on even on the comedy like i really love making movies well the idea of making movies and i made an independent movie you know and i i went to like a a film course thing I've read a pile of screenwriting books. I've written a pile of screenplays. I do stand up. I've been on TV a few times. I like I'm in that area, but I've never pursued it fully. You know, like a guy like Kubrick. Jesus Christ, the shit he knows! Like he really, really knows how to make movies. He's dead now, but he knew how to make movies. You know, I just I know surface shit. Oh well, you point a camera this way, and you're like, yeah, but. You don't. You got to know the ins and outs, the nuts and bolts. And right now, the baby is good at focusing. He, he will read the same book a thousand times. Frank and Joey Go to Work is his favorite right now. About two construction workers. I could read it for you. Frank and Joey are working very hard on top of a tall building. Frank hammers nails. Joey mixes cement. Oh, no, Joey's stuck. I'll help you, Joey, says Frank. Heave, says Frank. Ho, says Frank. Uh-oh, says Joey. He's lost his pants. That's not that's not written in the book. You just have to see it with your eyes. I guess we better go home. Okie dokie, says Frank. See you tomorrow, says Joey. That's the book. The whole book. I added the thing about the pants for the visual. Now, as you can imagine, that's a great book for a child. He loves it. And he will read it over and over again. And sometimes he'll want you to stay on one page so he can really examine that page. And I love it. I love the idea that he's he's he wants to know how this works. I just don't want him to be like me. Don't be like your old man. And be like your mother. His mother. Jesus Christ, to focus on that lady. It is ridiculous. Too much. People have literally said to her, it's too much. Cuz she will be in a room working on something and the place could be on fire. And she'll look up and go, do you mind? I'm working on this page. Like, it is unbelievable. So what I want him to have, though, is a combination of the two. I enjoy my childlike wonder of the world. My wife doesn't have that same lust for all things. You know, she's like a, She's got her, she's got her strong points, you know, but one of them is not, well, is it a strong point to be interested in everything? Probably not. It's probably not a good thing, but I don't know. I, I, I am never bored is what I'm saying. You know, sometimes I'll hear my wife, she go, what do we do today? And I was like, who gives a shit? I'll think of something like I will find Something to be super interested in all day, no matter where I am or whatever's happening. You know, she wants to go to fucking Argentina. Let's go, let's go do something tangible. It's like, no, let's just obsess over YouTube videos or learn to play the piano. Or maybe, maybe, maybe we can jar some pickles in case we get blown up. We'll have some pickles to eat. I'm like that, and that is not something I would like to change in me. I would just like to be able to stay on point, stay on a subject for a little bit longer, you know, to, to get it done, you know, learn, like, I lo- I've, I've loved movies since I've been a little kid. I always wanted to make movies, and even when I made an independent movie, that was a good start. That was over 10 years ago. And when I finished that, you would think, well, now you just keep going, buddy. You just keep going. You build on the experience you just had. No, sir. No, let's just drop it for 10 years. And now I have to relearn everything if I want to make movies again, which I'm doing, of course, because why not? Let's just keep relearning shit. I spend most of my life relearning things that I learned a few years prior. So I want this little rug rat to have some focus. I don't know how I'm going to give it to him. I'm just, yes, I do. I'm going to let his mother raise him. That's what I'll do. I will stay in my corner in the apartment. I will occasionally throw out ideas. When the two of them go, hey, we're bored. What should we do today? I'm like, oh, learn how trains work. Understand everything there is to know about trains. And they'll be like, okay, here we go. And then they'll figure it out. And speaking of the baby, my God, we're getting a babysitter for him. Oh, the first time ever, a Friday night. He should be asleep. Our plan is to have the baby asleep and have this lady watch the apartment while he's asleep so that, you know, shit doesn't go down. And if shit goes down, she can call a doctor or something. You know what I mean? That's our plan. But here's the thing. What if he wakes up and he starts screaming his head off and then she has to go in? He, then he will then see a person he has never seen before enter his bedroom. So, oh, and there's nothing we can do about it. Like we can't introduce him to this lady prior to him going to sleep because that's the whole point is he'll be asleep. And plus, then we'd have to pay her more money for her to show up earlier to meet the child. Fuck that. We're going to take the chance that he'll sleep right through it. He usually is a pretty good sleeper in the nighttime. So we're going to tell this lady, do not go into his room. If he cries, don't worry about it. Unless it's like some serious crying, just leave him be. Cause How is she going to comfort him? Show up, hi, I'm a total fucking stranger. Your parents are nowhere to be found. Please calm down. That's not going to work. And the whole reason we're doing the babysitting is because I bought tickets to Brian Regan, one of the greatest comedians of all time. I, I don't buy tickets to many comedy shows, but Brian Regan, I try to see him when he comes to town. He's amazing. If you don't know him, look him up, one of the greats of all time. And uh, I thought it'd be a good idea when I got the tickets. And now that the date is here... Oh fuck! I don't want to go. It's like Argentina all over again. It's just—it's so much hassle. We got this babysitter now, who's who may frighten the living shit out of our baby. You know, and I, I gotta get out of the house and get on the subway and go down because there's nowhere to park in downtown Toronto. So we're gonna have to take the subway down there. And the whole time while I'm trying to laugh at his jokes, I'll be sitting there freaking out, going, "Is the baby all right? Is the baby all right? Is he all right?" Ida, Ida, guys, listen now. Life is not—it's not bad. All right, it's great. In fact, things are going great. Other than the bones, you know, we got a lovely, healthy baby. You know, I got a nice wife. You know, I got—I'm recording podcasts with fancy equipment. You know, things are—things are nice. In, in the life of old comedian Mark Bennett. But uh, this baby has brought in a whole new era of anxiety. Previously, I used to have the shits and the runs over dumb stuff. Like, oh, am I going to do well on stage tonight? Oh, does that girl over there. Does, is she looking at me? Oh, I got to go to the bathroom. That used to be. Now, it, now it's real shit. Okay, is the baby going to be okay? Okay, how do we do stuff so the baby stays okay? How do we how do we live our lives with this baby? Does he go to school? How many how many meals a day does he eat? It's a whole new world. And it's great, but it's filled with anxiety. I'm going to work on it because you don't want to pass that down. You don't want to pass that down to the kid. So my two goals for him Number one, focus, focus. Number two, no anxiety. They probably go hand in hand. Probably. We'll just, you know what? I'm going to teach them to meditate. First, I got to teach myself. Oh, that'll be good. See, look at that. I got a project for tomorrow. Super interested in meditation now. Got to meditate. That'll help me focus and it'll help me calm down. I'll teach it to the baby. That's it. Oh, this is great. This is a great thing to end the podcast on. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. I got to go upstairs to my pigsty of an apartment, clean out some fucking cupboards so that the goddamn management can do their shit under our sink. All right, let's not go negative. Got to meditate. Got to meditate. Thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. I said shut up. Mark Bennett, good night.